Welcome in, everybody, once again to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am Chase Goodbread, sports columnist of the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined, as always, by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can catch the Talking Tide podcast at any of your favorite podcasting apps, as well as our web host at Megaphone.com, also YouTube and Facebook pages as well, live or recorded in those places. And of course, I uh, want to thank our sponsors, as always, more on them a little bit later in the program. But thanks, of course, to Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings. Finally, the Twitter feed, you can catch us uh, on Twitter at talking underscore tide. Follow us there and you will get uh, instant links to all our podcasts here on Talking Tide. And with that, Travis, we dive right into a much-needed victory for the Alabama basketball team, knocking off Vanderbilt. Final score, 74-72 to on the road at Memorial Gymnasium in a game that uh, Alabama uh, took pretty significant control of midway to somewhat late in the second half. Uh, Vandy tightens things up, especially at the free-throw line late in the game, but the Crimson Tide able to hang on, uh, thanks largely to Javon Quinterly's offensive exploits in the second half. Yeah, 17 big points from Javon Quinterly there after the break and uh, had three threes and just a tremendous performance, and they desperately needed it because it wasn't that kind of night for Jaden Shackelford, just nine points and uh, – so many turnovers once again for this team, especially in the first half. Cleaned it up some there in the second half. Uh, still too many fouls for Alabama. 25 fouls in the game for Alabama. Uh, nine fouls in the final three minutes and 58 seconds. So Scotty Pippen Jr. goes to the free throw line. Gosh, what was it? It was 18 times in the game. 13 of those in the final four minutes or five minutes or so. Yeah. So it was a bit of a harrowing escape from Memorial Gymnasium, but Alabama now at a place where it certainly had its struggles in the past, winners of three straight up in Nashville and a chance now for a 2-0 and week. No doubt about it. Uh, defensively, Alabama, I thought, turned it up for the most part. It wasn't a great defensive effort, but it was improved. I uh, wrote about that in the Tuscaloosa News following the game. Travis, uh, Nate Oates commenting after the Kentucky loss over the weekend that he was going to uh, fool around with the minutes uh, uh, distribution if he wasn't going to get what he wanted from the defensive end of the floor. And, of course, Javon Quinterly did not start this game. J.D. Davison did. Uh, that was the biggest and most obvious adjustment, certainly, that Nate Oates made defensively. And in the postgame, Quinterly uh, acknowledged that, that defense against Kentucky was the reason he sat for the first seven or eight minutes of this ball game. Nate Oates thought he turned it up on that end of the floor. And uh, really, I thought even though Alabama was down five at the half, I felt like turnovers had a, had a lot more to do with that than the half-court defense. And the half-court defense, they were they were playing above the screens instead of sagging behind them at the three-point line. And I thought overall, not just Quinterly, but all the guards did a pretty good job of, of at least trying to get a hand in the face of the shooters. Yeah, I think it was 21 first-half points off turnovers for Vanderbilt. So absolutely, Alabama's inability to take care of the basketball – 
had everything to do, really a lot to do with what Vanderbilt was able to get on the other end of the four. And yeah, I think that when you look at it in terms of uh, energy and urgency, it seemed like about the time Quinterly started to find his scoring stroke, that's when you saw Alabama winning even more 50-50 balls and you know doing a good job on the backboards and winning second chance points and winning points in the paint and points off turnover still went to Vanderbilt, but Alabama made sure among other things that while Scotty Pippen jr. Got his 26 Jordan Wright limited to just three points. And those were the two guys you were worried about going into this game. That's the one, two punch for Vanderbilt. I wrote about it at BamaOnline.com before the game, Liam Robin, Liam Robbins, emerging uh, as a post player for Vanderbilt. He did have 16, but he just had two rebounds. So he didn't mm-hmm. kill you on the glass. Um, didn't have an offensive rebound in the game, Liam Robbins. So, you know, you could live with some of his production, but, you know, Alabama got it from a number of guys. You mentioned Quinterly and the perimeter defense improving, um, you know, and then some guys off the bench like James Rojas and some others did some big things. Jerry Stackhouse doesn't exactly have Liam Roberts living in the paint, does he? Yeah, you know, I was a little surprised by that. Um, a very Euro approach in some ways to uh, post play for a seven footer. Look, you're fine with Liam Robbins shooting five threes. He made two. So, you know, he obviously is capable from out there. Uh, but right. He didn't kill you again on the glass. He didn't kill you in terms of protecting the rim necessarily. Um, so yeah, it, it was, a, I thought that, it would be more of a game in which Robbins would look to take advantage of things uh, inside the paint. And, you know, Charles Bediaco only played 11 minutes in the game. So uh, before fouling out with six points. So uh, you figured with that type of stat line for Bediaco, maybe the margin would be even bigger uh, at, at those post spots, but it really wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. I, I thought, uh, you know, Bediaco was in early foul trouble for sure. Uh, didn't get too much into the flow. You know, defensively, though, I think the way Alabama came out in the second half was a big lift for him. Now, of course, that's when Quinterly lit it up. But during the during the period in which Alabama was turning this game around in the second half, Pippen wasn't scoring. Pippen had 13 points at the half, and he was still stuck on 13 with four minutes left in the game. So first 16 minutes of the second half, and he was still distributing the ball well. He ended up with six assists. Heck of a passer uh, is Scottie Pippen. Uh, but until they started putting him on the free throw line at the end of the game, uh, he had been, for the most part, shut down in the second half. Yeah, 36 free throws in the game for Vanderbilt compared to 25. But a big thing for Alabama was on a night where, once again, it didn't shoot 30% or better from three. 22 of 25 from the free throw line for Alabama. And that was uh, very, very big. And um, again, you know, you worried about who was going to go along with Pippen in this game because he is the SEC's leading scorer for a reason. You figure he's going to get his 18 to 20. You just did. four fouls in the game, you know, Wright had, he came into the game averaging a little more than 12 per game. He had more fouls and turnovers than he had points 
in the game. So you can definitely win that way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Another factor in the game for sure, Travis, the uh, ball security for Davison first half for second half. He ended up with five turnovers in the game. That's way too many. He had five at the half. So he cleaned that up and took care of the basketball. Ends up with a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. As I mentioned, uh, one of the few times this season that he was actually in the starting lineup. And he did not take care of the basketball at all in the first half. But he stayed active on the boards. And in the second half, he was a lot more reliable. Yeah, he's a guy that you just love his mindset. You know, it seems like he's able to put mistakes on one end behind him. Alabama has a guy or two that we know. Uh, if it maybe isn't going tremendously on the offensive end, it can seep into their defensive effort. Uh, he's not one of those guys. He doesn't always do it right, uh, but it's not usually because of a lack of effort. So absolutely, 10 big rebounds. Um, you know, Noah Gurley in a start was pretty good. 11 points. Uh, four rebounds. And the turnovers, you said it, though, in the first half were just debilitating. And for Alabama to only be down five with, I think it was 12 turnovers and 11 fouls in the first half. Yeah. You felt pretty good for Alabama at that point. You did have concerns about, is Jaden going to wake up? Is maybe it Quinterly that's going to come on? Um, you know, with JD, you're, you're not thinking he's going to go for 20-plus because the three-point shot is still a little bit of a – a bugaboo. It wasn't the Keon Ellis we saw at Kentucky with 28 points. So I thought, though, as you said, to start the second half, Alabama did a good job of establishing the defensive mindset. And really, up until that four point, that four minute mark there um, in the second half, it was a reversal. You know, Vanderbilt could not take care of the basketball, Vanderbilt was fouling. Um, so it was kind of a switch from the first half to the second. And just when you think Alabama might might have a little breathing room down the stretch, here came the turnovers and the whistles once again. It got tight. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, Darius Miles probably fortunate not to get uh, a whistle late that I know Vanderbilt fans wanted uh, against Pippen, who, by the way, is a heck of an actor. There were a couple Good of Lord. plays where uh, he – there was contact, but there was enough of a flop there to where you're like, you know, that, that whistle could come. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's a selling it's part of the game and Pippen can sell it. He, he understands that collegiate ath, uh, officials certainly can be manipulated. <laughs> and he does a great job of it. And he doesn't just do it in terms of selling fouls and foul calls. Uh, man, he's a real good, for an old school guy like you, he's a real good ball fake, shot fake. And mm -hmm. shoulder fake guy. That's how he fouled out Betty Ako. I mean, yeah. you're seven foot tall and you're Charles Betty Ako, and you got what, six, three, six, four, Scotty Pippen Jr. here. And he picks up his dribble. So he's he's done with that. Right. And and I understand it's still a tough matchup, but right there at the rim, you know, Charles is gonna learn. Charles is gonna learn that patience that you see with a guy like Walker Kessler in that situation. Shot fakes, ball fakes, head fakes, all those things, they don't impact Walker Kessler. Well, he maintains, he maintains yeah. his composure and his poise. And sooner or later, you're going to have to go up. And that's when he does his thing. And that's just another area, Bediaco's game, that will improve. And it's going to have to. Not to get on my soapbox, <laughs> dot, 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 Travis. But, but, but the way the game has gone – 
big men, 90% of your really big, your really big bigs, their projects coming in to, at the college level. Yeah, how, they are. How, how often do you see a 6'10 plus guy come in as a freshman with polish anymore? Well, you don't. And, all, and all the polish is on the guards when they come in. Yeah, it, it's kind of like in football um, how you bring in maybe a tight end and you got to teach them how to block now. I mean, yeah. You got to teach posts how to post up when they get to college because it's not just Alabama that plays this um, threes and freeze game. It, it's at the high school level. It's at every level. It's certainly at the AAU level. How yeah. many AAU events do you go to where you see a seven footer post up and there's a the express purpose is to get him the basketball on the block with his back to the basket? You just yeah. don't see it. They're stick back guys and they run the floor better than they used to. That's one area where you could say some of them come in more ready to go than they used to be. But in, in, in terms of. You don't even see it in the NBA, really. No. I mean, who's posting up in the NBA? No. So I agree. If, so there was a time when you would have looked at Betty Ako and said, what was this guy thinking going to Alabama? Right. With how they play. Well. This is how everybody's playing pretty much right. now. So if right. you are a seven-footer, maybe you're thinking it's going to benefit you because if I want to play in the NBA, I got to run the floor and be able to finish and play facing the basket a good bit more than with my back to the bucket. Yeah, there, there's no more Eric Montrosses out there that you can <laughs> sign up and get 15 and 12. No right more Cherokee Parks. <laughs> they're all gone. Oh, they're gone. They're yeah. all gone. Damn UNLV. Uh, UNLV and Loyola Marymount started all this crap back in, <laughs> what was it, 90? You know, I blame Paul Westhead in the in the, in the late, great uh, Tark, Jerry Tarkanian. I blame them. Yeah. There you go. Those are, they, they can take that blame. They're happy yeah, to do it. They're lying. You got to call them long distance these days to, to pin it on them, so they're not worried about it. Alabama improves to 18 and 10 on the season. They improved to eight and seven in SEC play with that victory. Up next for Alabama, they'll be at home against the South Carolina Gamecocks. That will be a 5 p.m. Central Time tip off on Saturday. And of course, it will air on the SEC network. And with that, Travis and I are going to. Uh, thank a couple of sponsors. We're going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates, that great job that Dr. Jack Smalley and his professional staff of dental hygienists get done for you. Conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park in Tuscaloosa. Whatever your dental needs, they'll get them taken care of. Your family's dental needs, give them a call. Get in there twice a year for your routine cleanings like you're supposed to. And they can take care of the tougher stuff as well, whether it's laser dentistry, endodontics, dentures, they do it all. Don't forget teeth whitening services and, of course, Botox and Juvederm treatments as well. Going on at North River Dental Associates, you can give them a call at 752-3506 or go online and visit NorthRiverDentist.com. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier right there in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. You know, you're probably coming off of that Valentine's Day uh, stretch there where you were the gifter. You were gifting everyone else, maybe. Maybe that special someone else for Valentine's Day. Well, maybe it's time to gift yourself. Get by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. 
Treat yourself at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Maybe it's that chocolate popcorn, the signature item, certainly, for Peterbrook Chocolatier. Uh, I can tell you this, that carousel right there in the middle of the store, man, with all of those uh, ready-to-go goodies, whether it's the dark chocolate almonds, whether it's the dark chocolate malt balls, whether it's the dark chocolate espresso beans, milk chocolate almonds, you grab yourself one of those bags and you just pull those levers. Take care of yourself at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. I've witnessed Travis Ryer tug on those handles <laughs> like slot machines. Except he doesn't yes. have to drop any nickels in there. Yes. It's all quality control, like, right? I look like everyone's grandmother <laughs> in Philadelphia, Mississippi, pulling the one-armed bandit. That's what I look like on those uh, on those levers at that carousel, the chocolate carousel. Finally, going to tell you about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings basketball offer at the DraftKings Sportsbook this week. DraftKings, of course, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is just that simple. Everyone can also play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Travis, we're going to move away from basketball uh, here and uh, discuss uh, the NCAA's decision to take a look-see at the one-year impact of name, image, and likeness dollars flying all around. Uh, They're going to be, as I understand it, uh, studying certainly its impact on recruiting, uh, but also, I believe, uh, its impact on mental health and transfer decisions and academics. So a full panoramic look-see, Travis, at, at, at the impact here. Recruiting, I don't think, is in question is at the, at the heart of this, though. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt, especially after the, uh, the bit of a stir-up we had there on National Signing Day last month or earlier this month, uh, certainly with Texas A&M and the number one ranked class in the country uh, and some of the some of the assumptions, I guess, that were made in regards to Jimbo's latest haul there in College Station. So you would think that's where it would start. I would think also the transfer aspect of this because that could become, you saw it with Caleb Williams going from Oklahoma to Southern California, guys moving around with an emphasis maybe on the quarterback position as much as anything else being a big part of that. My question is, you know, the NCAA can't take care of its business as it is. And now it's going to monitor and start right. trying to police and enforce this whole new avenue of activity. You know, the best investigation that we've seen involving collegiate athletics are the most thorough or most revealing. I don't know if it was the best, but was by the federal government in mm-hmm. relation to college basketball here in the last five years or so. Um I don't, you know, it, 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 I think something has to be done in terms of regulating, recruiting, monitoring, recruiting from that perspective. 
Um, but is the NCA really equipped in a way that it's going to be able to handle that and everything else that it struggles to manage right now? What I see, Travis, is is less of an attempt for the NCAA to gather back up some control that it's lost or some authority that it's lost and maybe more of a means of going back to Congress and making a better pitch or a better case to get a federal law in place, which is really what the NCAA has kind of wanted all along here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to take a wait and see approach on it all. Uh, I'm kind of a, always a good idea when Congress might be involved. Right. And, <laughs> and sometimes once that toothpaste is out of the tube, it, it's hard to get it back in there. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't really have an answer for it, um, but I don't trust that some of the entities uh, charged with doing so will have much. Yep. Yeah, the Wild West, there's no doubt. It's uh, cats out of the bag. And and uh, to some extent, I, I think coaches are just going to have to settle into whatever the new reality is. And they may like it. They might not like it, but they're going to have to learn to live with it. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ever-changing. It, it's been the case with the landscape of collegiate athletics for some time now. Um, you know, but getting all these people together on anything resembling the same page is going to be tough. I mean, look at the, the, the stalemate you have in regards to expansion of the college football playoff. Um, you know, it's just, it's all about competitive advantage. I mean, that's what it all goes back to. And, you know, is it something you can do conference to conference? Probably not. It's going to come have to come from the the overriding governing body, you would think. Uh, but I, I, I again, I just don't have a lot of faith in that in that situation. Your guy Rick Flair, Travis, with with the line that applies here, you may not like it, but you better learn to love it, right? Yeah, you better. <laughs> and it, it's 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 about to be a period if it isn't already. It's it's going to be the toughest era to be a college football coach that I can imagine in my lifetime anyway, with all of this stuff that you're going to have to try to manage and how it's going to impact your day-to-day approach to coaching, how your interaction with 18, 19, 20 year olds uh, is going to go. I'll say this too, though. I also am starting to wonder, yes, the programs like Texas A&M, Texas, Alabama, Blue Bloods, are, are we maybe, are we maybe overdoing this perception that there's just so much of this NIL opportunity really out there for these guys and gals, Chase? Um, I know initially we just figured, oh, man, you know, every player on every roster among the top 25, 30 football programs, basketball programs in the country, all those guys are going to get nice deals. They're going to get six-figure deals. Have we we maybe – overstated that impact or is it still too early to tell probably hard to t- it's too early to tell and it may always be too early to tell it may always be impossible to tell 
because it's not all going to get public, right? I mean, there's just there, the, the deals have got to be disclosed to the. But I guess my point is, to this point, where's really Gatorade? Where's really say right. Ford, Chevrolet? Right. I'm talking about major brands. It doesn't seem like they've just said, "Oh, we're in." Right. With these 18-year-olds, we we trust them with our brand. See, that's a two-way thing. We've talked a lot about if you're Bryce Young, you got to be careful who you partner with mm-hmm. because your your brand you need to protect, right? Yeah. But if you're Ford Chevrolet, some of these national global brands, you might be a little leery to say, you know what? I'm going to jump in with this 18, 19-year-old. And as we saw with Quinn Ewers of Ohio State for, what, a semester? Yeah, and then he's out because of the the potential of transferring. I think the one time transfer rule might might keep some of this stuff beat back a little bit because some companies might be Larry that you know it, it could be a very very brief type of situation that you're partnering with some of these people. The the reason for that to me is that the biggest stars in college football at the end of the day, uh, their appeal and their reach goes statewide and maybe region wide. But yeah. not coast to coast, right? Because th- yeah. think, of, look, if you're Gatorade or you're Nike or one of these monster companies that you're talking about, right? Where where are you looking to get bang for your buck? I'll tell right. you where: New York, Chicago, L.A. Major right? markets, yep. exactly. Miami, Dallas, what whatever. So if else. you're Caleb Williams, you go to L.A. and S.C. Exactly. But who knows who Caleb? Who? How much? That's part of it. Does Caleb Williams yeah. have in New York City or That's, Chicago? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, look, these major brands, they, they've got uh, branches of their companies that do this all the time. So, yeah. you know, if Chase is asking that question or we're having that discussion about the true value of really going all in with 17, 18, 19 year old college football players in a still regional to a large extent sport, maybe not as much as it was even five, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're asking those questions. Yeah, no question. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. want to thank our listeners and viewers for tagging along here on a Wednesday evening. Travis and I will be back this weekend. Until then, for Travis Ryer, AlabamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you then on Talking Tide.